1: Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Toby Cudworth, standing in for Scott Saunders this week, while he enjoys a well-deserved holiday after the Champions League final in Istanbul. And I'm joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min writer, editor and Tottenham podcaster, Sean Walsh. Now, at the time of recording, we are less than 24 hours away from the summer transfer window officially opening, but my goodness me, what a couple of weeks it's already been. But before we get into the running order and what we've got coming up for you on today's show, Graham, as I've just touched on there, very busy already. How's it going in general? Uh, how much is on your plaid at the moment?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's amazing to think it hasn't opened yet. Um, been really busy, starting from the messy stuff last week. Neymar, Mbappe—it's all the big names as well. You know, guys. <laughs> it's really all the big boys this this summer window. Just when we thought that Mbappe, one of the big boys, Mbappe might not be involved, suddenly. He's at like, hold my beer. I'm getting involved here, and uh, he's
1: done it in fine style. Sean, very warm welcome back to the podcast for you. It's been a while since we've had you on the Talking Transfers patch. Uh, we're a little over a week after Ange Postecoglou was appointed at Spurs. Now we haven't had you on yet to provide your insight and what the feeling is at Tottenham with that appointment. Happy, uh, nervous, excited. What's the what's the mood?
3: Um, definitely more positive than you guys were on the last podcast. <laughs> it just felt like a roasting session. It's like, oh, yes, yeah, Spurs, they do. Um, no, I, I think this is the kind of appointment that Spurs should have been looking to make. You know, that kind of manager who is maybe trending upwards. I know he's 57, but, you know, he's still got more to prove, I think. We, I was bored to death of the, the serial winner route. And it did feel like maybe if this had fallen through, that. They might have just pivoted back to Luis Enrique again. I really did not want that. So I'm optimistic. Um, He's definitely kind of passed the kind of PR test. You know, the amount of interviews and podcasts I've listened to of him speaking about his ideas and philosophies. He talks a good game. And so far in his career, he's managed a good game as well. So it's just going to be about can that translate to the Premier League? Can that translate to working with bigger stars and getting the players in that he wants? Because there are a lot of cloggers in the Spurs team to play his possession brand of football.
1: There was a lot of love, wasn't there, for that first video interview that he did for the club channels. I don't remember that kind of outpouring for Conte and Mourinho. There was lots of excitement around the fact that you'd employed big-name managers and perceived winners. But this has got a bit of a different feeling, right? That Spurs fans have welcomed that video and quite a warm feeling towards him already.
3: Yeah, I think he's just he seems like a really personable guy. you th- everything you've heard about him, there's not really a negative word that's been said about him throughout his managerial career. So I think Spurs fans just want to be able to enjoy watching, you know, the product because we have among the highest ticket prices in Europe and it's about time that Spurs actually start trying to play nice football again. And then who knows, what trophies might follow, they might not follow, but we we'll need to start focusing on the journey again rather than the outcome because trying to get to the outcome has gone really, really well for us over the last few years.
1: Well, we'll get into Spurs a little later on in the show, but we've got a a bumper edition of Talking Transfers for you today. Uh, We're going to be talking about Lionel Messi and his shock decision to join into Miami last week. We're going to talk Kylian Mbappe and the blockbuster revelation that he won't be signing a contract extension at Paris Saint-Germain. We've got the latest on Declan Rice's West Ham future and Arsenal making headway in their talks with the Hammers. We've got Neymar, we've got Paul Pogba and a raft of Premier League players being linked to Saudi Arabia and much more on top of that. But before we get underway, please subscribe to the show on all of your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey, at Sean DZ Walsh and at 90min underscore football for all of the 90min social channels. And you can find all of the stories that we're going to discuss today on the website at 90min.com forward slash talking transfers. But as I've just alluded to there, Graham, When we last recorded this podcast, we fully expected Lionel Messi to be returning to Barcelona. We dressed it up as a fairy tale. It was a chance for him to go back and deliver one more Champions League um, with the club that he'd been associated with for the best part of 20 years. But that's ultimately not how things turned out. So can you just break down for us a timeline of where this kind of went wrong and how the avenue opened up for, for Messi to eventually choose Miami as his next destination?
2: Yeah, I think from the outset it should be stated that Miami were always in the background. We knew we knew he liked there, liked it there, and it was considering it. We just thought it'd probably come in two years' time. There was a meeting last week. I think it was Wednesday between um, George Messi's father, and John Laporte, at his house, and it was quite publicized. The press were there, but I'm told those talks went really, really badly to the point where he left there knowing he wasn't going back to Barcelona. And you know, he wasn't there just for pleasantries. He, he was there to finalize the deal. I think what came out of it was that Messi, Lionel Messi, thought that he was be there was so much baggage attached to him, you know. If it was players leaving, it would be because of Messi. If it wasn't success, it be because of Messi. He he could actually see he could whilst he could see a, an avenue of success, he could obviously see that avenue of disaster as well. Where if it went wrong, it was all gonna be pegged on him by John Laporta. There's clearly wasn't a trust there between John Laporte and the Messi family anyway, given what had happened previously. And I think they just didn't take the risk, you know. Guy, I wouldn't necessarily rule out him doing a David Beckham style loan in January. You know what better way to sign off for Barca than to come and help them win the Champions League in January? They don't. We presume they won't need him to get through the group stages, but I wouldn't rule that out necessarily. That he comes back and gives the fans a fond farewell if, if Barcelona agreed to it. But no, it was a huge shock and. Um, a huge bonus for MLS to to get Lionel Messi but um, yeah I thought he would want to have carried on playing at a high level um, for a little while longer but he's
1: decided not to is there any inclination yet Graham about how this will affect Barcelona's transfer plans then because Messi was front and center wasn't he he was the cornerstone signing I guess for this window that they were going to sign a couple of other free transfers that we've touched on in previous shows but Messi was the one and they were perhaps going to facilitate his arrival by moving on Ferran Torres, potentially Rafinha and a couple of other players that have got interest around Europe. Where do Barca stand now that Messi's not coming back?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because there doesn't seem to be a plethora of options to replace a me- Messi with a Messi-type player. You know, we've been looking at at Espanyol, for that role. Gundogan, who is due to make his announcement anytime soon, and we do think he's going to confirm he's going to Barcelona, Manchester City captain. So I don't think there's a massive panic there. Um, and in fact, in fact, someone like Gundogan, they'll be able to confirm his contract straight away if he does decide because they don't have to fit Messi's deal in. I don't know. I think they, um, they might land on the feet in some ways. That, you know, they haven't got this extra money to pay to Lionel Messi, but clearly they want to do it, so it is a blow. But I don't think there's a like-for-like replacement coming to it. I think they, even when they were going for Messi, a lot of us were suggesting, well, where's he actually going to fit in? Is there a massive need for him other than the PR exercise? Um, I don't think there was. and Because look, even looking at Rafinha, he had a good season last year. So I think it means just one of those might stay. I think they might keep keep Torres or Rafinha or maybe Dembele. Although he's only got a year left. So I think that's what happened T C. I I think they'll just end up keeping um, one of the players who they were going to get rid of. Of I do think Ansu Fati is the one who they really want rid of.
1: Sean, is this a good thing for Barcelona that Messi's not returning? As Graham's just pointed to there, it opens up so many more avenues for potential business further down the line yeah there's a really good
3: strong argument you can make for that and I do wonder if say Messi didn't win the World Cup do you think that he would be more inclined to go to Barcelona to try harder to win the Champions League and that be his kind of his final sign off for his legacy and he doesn't really need to do that anymore because he won the World Cup and it felt like everyone came away from that World Cup going that's the best player of all time and there's no real argument anymore so I do wonder if that plays a part um, he did make a point when he um, released that interview with Sport and Mundo Nepotivo you know if it was about the money he could have taken the offer to go to Saudi Arabia and it wasn't about the money so I'm quite interested that he thinks that this seems like more of a lifestyle choice you know um, what was it this contract with Apple through f- MLS that to make his documentary mm-hmm. um, Argentina building a training base in Miami Um, lots of Spanish speakers in Miami as well it does feel like this makes a bit more sense to him I don't know if he could have really gone to Barcelona and had the same kind of impact that they would be hoping for him and certainly not that they'd be paying for him you know if they was his wages before something stupid you imagine that Barcelona are trying to clear the space to pay him those same kind of wages it wouldn't make sense to do that for a player that's on the decline and I just don't think he has that same hunger anymore I don't blame him
1: Graham Messi not the only potential superstar rocking up in Miami this summer no um we understand
2: from American sources, Sergio busquets is a done deal going there. Luis Suarez is interested in one. We're told that is a done deal. He has come out in the Brazilian press, but remember who who he's talking to at that point. We think Luis Suarez will end up there as well. And it's interesting to get him the band back together. I've had, I've had some people tell him, point out to me that they think these are not great signs. You know, the American league yet yeah, isn't of a high standard, but it's full of athletes. It's full of physicality. And these three particularly, it's going to be hard for them to show up well in the MLS. It's an, in, it's an interesting experiment going on here. We we saw when, when superstars have gone there, like a Beckham, he was in his prime. Messi's not in his prime here. Suarez isn't, and neither is Busquets. If they turn up and think they're going to get a holiday, it's it, it's it's quite a hard slog in the MLS. They're, they're full of good players there. And
1: this might be a bit more style over substance, I think. Well, we will see how that plays out over the next few months. We'd been expecting Lionel Messi to leave PSG. We knew that was going to happen, but what we didn't expect was what's happened over the last 24 hours. By the time we're recording this, Killian Mbappe on Monday night informing PSG that he does not intend to extend his contract at the club. Graham, we've spoken at length about transfer plans this summer, and Mbappe was perhaps one player we kind of discarded from the merry-go-round, so to speak. There's lots of big names that are moving this summer, but we didn't think Mbappe was going to be one of them. What does this mean, what Mbappe's said to PSG, in terms of potentially leaving this summer? And if he is going to leave Paris, what destinations are open to him? Because there's very few places that could afford somebody like Kylian Mbappe.
2: Yeah, this has caught PSG by surprise. I think at the very least, the thought, the mutual um, clause that they had. Same one as what Messi had actually and he refused it as well. The mutual clause would be taken up and then they would look to sell him in 2024. But he's decided now not to take up the option which means he'll be a free agent this time next year. Um, So not far away. It really has caught PSG by surprise. They weren't expecting him to do this this summer. And now it really does depend what PSG do. How unhappy they are. Will they help him get out, we've done a story saying look, Mbappe's going to have to force this if he wants to get out if if, if they're asking 200 million euros no, no one's signed in for that, nobody's doing that so it really is up to PSG and Mbappe to come to agreement at the moment PSG are not happy they're quite furious so that's not a good starting point to negotiate with them for any club in, in terms of where you might go, we know the number nine market this summer, as we spoke about on the show a few times, is going to be extraordinary. We have Manchester United, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, all looking for number nines, and also Real Madrid, who we know love Kylian Mbappe. So you've arguably got, you can argue you've got three, the, three, the three biggest teams in the world, almost, looking for number nines. So what better summer for Kylian Mbappe to go? Because although... At this point, we wouldn't assume Bayern Munich or Manchester United would come in for him. They could afford him. Of course they could. Not many bigger teams in the world than them. So, if Mbappe does want to move, this summer probably is the best time for him to go. And, you know, Real Madrid do love him. Florentino Perez has kept the lines of communication open since trying to sign him in 2022 and beyond that. So, I'd I'd be shocked if Real Madrid aren't in play here. You know, we know they do have a list that includes Harry, Harry Kane on top of it, but the light like Lautaro Martinez, like Dusan Flavich. I think it helps Real Madrid knowing that they've got other options as well. So Mbappe knows he has to work hard here to get this deal done. And, um, yeah, but PSG, are, they are saying to him, look, if you're not extending, we are going to sell you. Very similar to the situations of Mason Mount, et cetera, and, and Harry Kane. Um so so we'll see it it, next the next 24 hours to 40 hours will be will be telling um al-khalifi the psg president is going to be talking to him and we'll see what comes about but it's going to depend on their asking price i think Toby. i think it's if if they're going to be asking 200 million euros then nobody's going to touch him at that because there's other options to go for um and it'll be fascinating to see what whichever new real madrid go down um but i get the feeling when Perez likes a player, which he does. He does love Mbappe. It's going to be very hard for him not to go for him.
1: Sean, do you get the feeling that Mbappe's decision to do this has been influenced by Karim Benzema going to Saudi Arabia? The fact that there is now a vacancy at Real Madrid for a number nine that we perhaps thought wouldn't be there this year. We are talking about Harry Kane. We're talking about Victor Osserman. There's a lot of top strikers who could potentially fill that role. Do you think Mbappe's looked at this and thought, I've had another 12 months at PSG nothing's changed we've sacked another manager we've made no further progress in the Champions League Messi's now gone I need to act or do you think there's other factors in play here and he's just thought I want out you make a good point about the Benzema thing because they don't particularly get along do they
3: so it would make more sense naturally that he wouldn't want to go to Real Madrid and kind of step on his patch at the same time. It makes a bit more sense that he's do it now. Um, We talked about this catching PSG off guard. I think, did anyone really expect him to trigger that clause to sign up for another year of this? Like, I'm surprised it's actually only come about now. Mm. Um, And I did enjoy the reports last night, which said, um, PSG were confused by it because he didn't even need to write them a letter. It's it like confused by the way he communicated. It's like, okay, mate. Um, I do think for PSG as well, this is something that they should be maybe not thrilled because they, they could lose their best player of all time here, but it, it would give them a chance to reset this culture and the culture that they have built since QSI have come in has been awful. It's impressive that they've been able to swindle these world superstars into. Coming to Parque de Prince, mm-hmm. but they've been so far away 90% of the time from their goal of winning the Champions League. They need to gut everything and start again. So I think if I'm PSG, I'm at least trying to help Mbappe facilitate a move. If that's to Real Madrid, then so be it, because I just can't imagine going anywhere else. It does feel like that's going to be his end goal. It feels destined that he's going to end up at Real Madrid. And maybe not. Maybe PSG should be a bit more receptive to a lower offer than, I think I saw 200 million quoted in the French press the other day. Maybe it should be lower than that.
1: There's always been a bit of a confidence in Paris, Graham, hasn't there, that Mbappe would sign another contract. They thought that, well, they hoped that by now they would have won the Champions League with Messi, Neymar and Mbappe as their front three. um, And he signed that initial two-year contract. But They hoped that we might get to January and he'd sign another contract, right? They were always pinning their hopes that his future was long-term in Paris. Even if we've always had that undercurrent that at some stage Mbappe is going to try and push for this move. Most likely to Madrid, but certainly away from Liga and what PSG have got to offer.
2: Definitely. I think there was that assumption at the very least. Toby, they would come to agreement. So he would sign for another year and then they could sell him. They get some money back and everything's great, but there is this um, market this summer, isn't there? If, if Real Madrid do end up signing a Harry Kane, Vlahovic, Martinez, whoever it may be, Osiman, are they then going to go for Mbappe next summer with Endrick coming in as well? Where, where's the room for him? I think I think this is massively based around Real Madrid's current predicament. Benzema's gone. And Mbappe has acted. I think Sean's right. You know, the, he didn't he didn't presume that Benzin would go. He's found that out the same as everyone else. He's suddenly gone. And this is this is his big opportunity to get to Madrid, like right now. And so I I think that's played a
1: massive part in his decision. Well, it's not just Messi and Mbappe, uh their futures in Paris we're talking about. Neymar as well. We're also talking about a potential exit for him. Now, Graham, we reported on 90 Min a good month or so ago that Newcastle We're looking at bringing a marquee signing to St. James's Park. They've got Champions League football under their belt. And they obviously have hefty financial backing from PIF. But from what we understand in your sources, further interest in taking Neymar to Saudi Arabia, which could potentially see Neymar, Messi and Mbappe all leave Paris in the same summer? Yeah, it's remarkable,
2: isn't it, really? The, The big PSG experiment is really imploding this summer. Yeah, Piffer have open talks with Neymar, which does back up our earlier reports. It's, it was Piff wanting him at Newcastle. Still do. Uh, they're talking about a potential move to Saudi. We don't know if Neymar is that keen on it just yet. Uh, the reports we're hearing, um, people close to him that he wants to stay in Europe. We know that Newcastle have FFP, not worries, but they're looking at making sure they don't have them going forward. It, it's a potential loan deal because these Saudi clubs now are basically not feeder clubs in Newcastle, like the sister clubs. Um, they're owned by Piff. So this is being looked at, guys. There's a potential for loan players to come from Saudi to Newcastle. Will it be allowed? There's only one way to find out. And, you know, if what what better way to cover Neymar's wages than the, the being literally paid in Saudi Arabia rather than hindsight? So I think it's something we need to keep an eye on. It's a really interesting option. I think um, loans back from Saudi could be something to look at. But, yeah, Neymar... Um, isn't happy psg want him out uh more so more so than messi and mbappe neymar is the one they actually try to get out themselves so yeah it looks like all three um likely departures and neymar will he take the saudi arabian money possibly possibly but i think he'd rather
1: stay in europe well i'll put this to you sean is there any other league that can offer neymar the wages that he's on at psg or anywhere close to it probably only a handful of clubs in world football who could potentially do it, Um, but with so many other irons in the fire. Is Saudi Arabia Neymar's only realistic option, do you think?
3: It feels like it right now, you know. I think you go down the line, La Liga, Real Madrid aren't going to pay that. Barcelona, maybe not. Maybe um, the Premier League. I think that ship has sailed bar Newcastle because there is still that kind of appeal to them of this superstar who maybe is on the way down, but it could still be useful. I don't think the clubs like Man City, for example, I don't think Pep Guardiola is looking at that and thinking, yeah, I want this Neymar. I don't think Eric Tenhard is looking at it and thinking, I want this Neymar. I don't think even the likes of Arsenal or Chelsea for as low as they are are looking at it and thinking, yeah, this is the one for us. So it seems like it, that might be his most likely destination. And it's it feels a lot like the summer of 2016-17 again, where these big clubs who need to shift these players on big wages. I got this out before it was the Chinese Super League. Now it's the Saudi Pro League.
1: Well, keeping on the theme of big wages, Graham, uh, it's not just Neymar that Saudi Arabian clubs are looking to sign. There is a glut of Premier League players who have been linked with a move to the Middle East over the last couple of weeks. Can you just talk us through some of the runners and riders from Chelsea who could be following in Angolo Kante's footsteps? Now, he's not finalized his move to Al-Itihad, but our understanding is that he's closing in on that big money move. But Todd Burley was in Saudi Arabia last week, Graham, for a meeting with the chief executive or member of the hierarchy of Al-Halal. Can you just talk us through some of the players that were discussed there and some potential outgoings at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, and Gola is
2: an interesting one. There's still... Some issues there haven't decided which club he's going to go to. I think the Saudi Arabian government's getting involved as to which one of those clubs, such as life in the Saudi Arabian Pro League. Um, yeah, w- w- Todd Burley was out there talking to a number of people connected with the Pro League, and he was basically offering his wares, you know, <laughs> putting out there the players that they've...
0: Save big on Brunch for Mum, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2 dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Got available. So from Romelu Lukaku to Hakim Ziyech, Kalidou Koulibaly, Eduard Mendy, all players who Chelsea want out, and. You'd want them to go to Saudi because you might actually make a profit on some of these players,
1: amazingly. These it's, a dream, places... it's a dream scenario, right, for Chelsea. Yeah. We've said for weeks and weeks and weeks, Chelsea's problem is being able to get these wages yeah. off the books and suddenly Christmas might have come all at once for them.
2: Yeah, because they, they are meeting with Inter Milan this week. Um We know that. They're talking about Victor Nana, and there'll also be talks about Romelo Lukaku because we think he does want to stay in Milan. Well, we know he does, whether he wants to go to Saudi Arabia, it's a huge offer that he's got, we know that. Um, Khalid Koulibaly, he's interested in it, but again he's interested in Saudi. It's going to be fascinating, yeah, and I think Saudi's links with Saudi, Todd Burley was there for a good reason, and um, some Chelsea fans may not appreciate some of the business he's done, but if he can get a handful of these players out to Saudi, then, wow, amazing deal.
1: Mason Mount, Graham, another player we're talking about potentially leaving Chelsea. Uh, We reported... Within the last couple of weeks, he'd agreed personal terms with Manchester United. That one seems to have gone a little bit quiet. Uh, can you just update us where we are on that move, what Manchester United's viewpoint is on Chelsea's valuation and the future of Harry Maguire as well and what he decides to do at Old Trafford and how that could affect United's business this window?
2: Yeah, Mason Mount. Um, he, he wants he wants to go to Manchester United. They're his first choice, as it's panned out. But the two clubs are miles away in terms of what they rate the player at. United have barely rated him at 50, 45 with add-ons. That I believe is their ideal scenario. Chelsea want seventy five. The I guess it depends on on who's going to buckle if anyone. You know, United clearly think that Mount is the right man to come in and play number eight. I think that divides opinion amongst their fan base, whether he's good enough to do that. But yeah, if they think he's worth 50-ish, but yeah, personal terms are not an issue here, but the two clubs are a long, long way apart and it doesn't look like it was getting resolved anytime soon. Sorry, go on.
1: Sorry, I was going to say, Sean, are you surprised that Mauricio Pochettino, you know what kind of manager he is like. You've enjoyed him for many years at Spurs. Do you think Mason Mount would be the profile of player that he could get the very best out of? Are you surprised that Chelsea is still willing to to facilitate this move and not sit him down one more time and try and iron out a new contract? Yeah, I think
3: if i Pochettino, I'm dragging up old clips of Christian Eriksen from 2015 to 2019 and going, that's the player that you can be for me. And it's ironic because he would probably go and play Christian Eriksen's role at Man United as well, even though he's in a different part of his career. Um, but that is the kind of player that, Pochettino loves, you know, he's very versatile. He can play anywhere in a, you know, behind the striker, right mid, left mid. He can play deep. I think he's capable of doing that. Um, and I think it's important for Chelsea as well. they just lost Kante. You think Kovacic is probably going to go as well. Surely we wanted to keep some of these midfielders just for the sake of continuity. You know, there's so much upheaval. We saw what happened with them last year when they basically gutted everyone from that team and tried to replace them. You know, I think now more than ever, for sake of just keeping things rolling, making sure that, you know, everyone that comes into Cobham for at the start of September isn't a total stranger. You think just for that, just some stability at this club because that is probably the one club more than any in the Premier League right now that needs some stability. And I think having Mount around someone who's coming through the youth system, someone who would fit in perfect under the new manager, who can play so many different roles and styles, you need to be really <laughs> keeping him. So I can understand why the price tag is so high. Um, but ultimately, I just I would try to do everything to convince him to stay. That is someone who I thought was going to be kind of Chelsea for life. He was going to be maybe not in the same kind of quality as Lampard and Terry, but certainly in, um, in terms of loyalty, that he was going to be this Chelsea legend.
1: I think Scott would certainly agree that Mason Mount could offer Manchester United a lot uh, in their midfield. But Graham just moving back to Harry Maguire, so he's been linked with numerous clubs this summer, but few rumours that he doesn't want to leave Old Trafford. How does what Harry Maguire wants to do this summer affect Eric Ten Hag? We know that Manchester United would like to sign a new centre-back, but they've already got a surplus at centre-back. So where are we currently at in terms of being able to bring somebody in and what Maguire is thinking about his future?
2: Yeah, at the moment, he's not showing a willingness to go. His agent, um have appealed to him to move to Italy. They think Serie A would be a good home for him. And there is interest there from Juventus, Inter, Milan. There is interest in the Premier League, West Ham, Newcastle. Quite a few clubs in the Premier League would take him happily. But the issue is, obviously, of his wages. He's on huge money. And at the moment, he's not inclined to make the move. And and that does pose a problem for United, where, you know, Ten Hag does quite like him. He'd like to keep him around as a squad player. But when you're on over £200,000 a week, that, that is difficult. And so you, some at United are thinking, do we push ahead and go for a centre-half? Like a Kim Minjier, for instance, who we do like. He's got a clause in early July for two weeks that he can move for around £45 million, although that would be a one-off payment, so not easy. But then you run the risk of do you sign him, and then you're left with Maguire and Lindelof. It's a lot, and you've got oh, already got Varane there with Martinez. It's a lot of centre-halves to have and a lot of money. And United do have to be careful with what they spend money on. So, yeah, it is complicated in that situation. Um, It's not really easy to get them out. So I think United are still hopeful that he'll go. But it depends. They might have to shift a little bit in their stance. I know they would rather sell him permanently, but they may
1: have to bend a bit on that. Sean, do you buy into this notion that Harry Maguire can't play in a back four? Because that's the other thing that's been discussed here, is that Harry Maguire's options of where he could go are dictated by the style of play. Uh, the pace of play, and whether or not said club plays three centre-backs. Is that a lazy argument to make against Harry Maguire? Is he better than that?
3: Um, I think it would be easier to play him in back three for sure because you can kind of cover his weaknesses and it gives him a bit more freedom to be the aggressive defender, the front foot defender, the one who begins the attack from the back. But he, he definitely can play in a back four. He's shown it with England at the World Cup. Um, he showed it when he was at Leicester. In the high line at Leicester, it wasn't as exposed as much. For me, the problem is just really down to I think that he's taken a huge battering mentally in the last couple of years. You know, every mistake seems to be pinned on him, even if it's not his fault, it seems to be pinned on him. He is the captain of one of the two, three biggest clubs in the world. He's in the spotlight all the time, especially in the last year or so when he's not even been playing. Um, I think where he should go shouldn't be dependent on the formation or the tactics. I think it should be more dependent on the environment. What is he stepping into? Is it a stable environment? Is it a a team on the way up? Like, you know, Aston Villa, there's so much positivity there. Could he go in there and play under maybe a more conservative coach in Emery and be the almost kind of the one progressive defender that they have? I think that's probably better for them than than a club like Tottenham per se because there's going to be a lot of um, mistakes next season. I can assure you that under... Underange Postacoglu and trying to play from the back from the first time in half a decade. So I think that should be a bigger factor in if he were to leave Manchester United, deciding where he would go.
1: We shall see over the coming weeks what Harry Maguire decides to do. But from Old Trafford to the Etihad, City finally won the treble on Saturday, beating into Milan in the Champions League final. Rodri, the goal scorer. But it's Bernardo Silva's future that we're going to discuss now. Graham, Bernardo came close to leaving Manchester City last year. Where there was a suggestion that he wanted to try something new. Barcelona long-term admirers, Paris Saint-Germain long-term admirers. From our understanding, Bernardo's made a decision about what he wants to do. Can you fill us in on the latest?
2: Yeah, he, he's basically reaffirmed to the club that he wants to leave. Toby, He made it known last summer. City weren't particularly happy because he hadn't long signed a new deal before he'd said that. So, look, they were, look, you've got to give us another year. They just sold Zinchenko and here's us. So, they weren't going to let another key player go. So, he's given them another year. He's done really well. But yeah, um, City are accepting that he can go. But as we said a few weeks ago, they want market value for him. They they want at least 75 million, which is, is proper market value for Bernardo Silva, one of the best creative midfields in the Premier League. We know Barcelona Keenan and we talked before about the Messi replacement. I think this would be the nearest name we've seen. And we know it's a player who Barcelona love. are Barcelona going to come up with 75 million. Hey, maybe there's a way of doing it. You know, they come up with all sorts of deals, Barcelona, and I think they will pursue Bernardo Silva. But it seems that he's thinking now maybe a move to PSG might might be might suit him. And so PSG are very much into him. They'll pay the money. So, yeah, I, I do expect Bernardo Silva to leave. You know, we know Pep doesn't like to keep unhappy players and he's not going to keep him around. We even saw in the celebrations, I think, wasn't it last night, Jack Grealish jokingly or not, begging Bernardo Silva not to go, which I think obviously gives credence to the to the stories that he does want to leave. We can all accept that now. And it, it'll be a blow to City. You don't like to lose these players, but you know um, I think every club would love to have this ability that City have. If someone doesn't want to play for you, you let them go. And I think that's what's going to happen here with Bernardo Silva.
1: Who do you think needs Bernardo Silva more, Sean? Paris Saint-Germain potentially resetting now? Or Barcelona looking to build on their La Liga title win and go far in next season's Champions League?
3: It's tough. I think PSG, just in, in terms of bringing in someone who is experienced and has... Won everything now and can kind of at least replace the star quality they're going to lose in Mbappe, Messi, and maybe Neymar. That's a strong argument there. Also, I think he would be able to play under kind of less of a spotlight. He wouldn't be as pressured to almost carry the team, you know, he would at least fit in with whatever, whatever, whatever other plans they've got. Um, but I could imagine him going to Barcelona and maybe not even playing the role that Messi would play. I think he would be really good in midfield just. Um, the amount of technical players that they have, the, the control that Barcelona always have. They have these agile midfielders, these technical players. And that's what that's why Silva has been so good at Man City because he is technically one of the best in the world. It's the same with Grealish. They don't provide lots of goals or assists, but the ball is so secure with it, when it's with them. You can trust them with it. And that would stand up to he go to Barcelona and play in midfield. He can play in a league that's not as physical and basically just do what he wants in midfield.
1: Well, one thing is for sure, Manchester City will miss Bernardo Silva if he does leave. Another team who would miss somebody if they left is West Ham and Declan Rice. Their captain who last Wednesday, much to my joy, we haven't actually touched on this yet, West Ham won the European trophy. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Couldn't quite believe it in all honesty, but I got to see Declan Rice lift the Europa Conference League above his head. Potentially the perfect way to sign off Graham at West Ham. Six really good years at the club, he's graduated through the academy. Every club or every big club in the country wants him. West Ham looking to extract 100 million pounds for him, 2 years left on his contract. Arsenal the front runners and some progress made in terms of the talks between the two clubs.
2: Yeah, obviously Arsenal's always been his first choice for quite a while, hasn't it and or talking off pod and what we're hearing, TC. He doesn't want to leave London, Rice, really. We know that. It's a straight choice between Arsenal and Chelsea, really. And Arsenal are willing to go over £100 million for him now. That's our understanding. Um, West Ham have always demanded that. And and they're getting the breakthrough. I think it's um, a spectacular deal for West Ham, TC. I know you're, you love Declan Rice. I like him. I don't think he's a £100 million footballer, but... You know, if, if he's the player you want Arsenal, yeah, you pay it. If he thinks it's at next level, you pay it. And I think they're getting very
1: close to doing so. Do you think Declan Rice is that player to take Arsenal to the next level, Sean? I know you don't want to talk about Arsenal potentially getting to that next level, <laughs> but is Rice the player who can deliver that for Mikel Arteta?
3: Well, if you're just thinking like-flight replacement, you think that he's going to come in and play Xhaka's role. Well. And he's better than Xhaka at everything. And Xhaka ended last season, I think he had seven goals, seven assists that was in the Prem. Um, His improvement was unbelievable for the first half of the season. He was one of the best players in the whole league. And then down the final stretch of the season, I think the instability that was in Arsenal's midfield was one of the reasons why they lost the title when they fell out of the race so spectacularly. Um, You think Rice going in there, he's someone who has so much Premier League experience already he's started a Euros final. He was in one of the best players, I think, for England at the World Cup. This is someone who is re- naturally ready for that next step, a leader as well. I think that's a massive thing as well. He's someone that you can imagine Arteta's got his arm around him and he's more of that kind of embodiment on the pitch. I think going to going captain. I don't think he's the same kind of aggressive leader in that sense. And I think Arsenal may be missing that a little bit, particularly that kind of midfield enforcer. So I think this would be
1: Unbelievable move for Arsenal, I have to say, annoyingly. So a breakthrough in talks for Arsenal and Declan Rice. Also a breakthrough, Graham, for William Saliba and a new contract. They've been looking to tie this one up for quite a while and it looks like they're now close to doing so.
2: Yeah, over the weekend there was a bit of a breakthrough. You know, we reported how talks weren't going quite so well. But within that, we also stated that this wasn't about Saliba looking for a new club. Which he could have done. You know, you are left on his deal. He wanted to be recognised as one of the best defenders in the world, uh, which is what he's become. And as you alluded alluded to on the show as well, Toby, during his absence, his value increased somewhat. Such was the uh, poor, poor nature of Arsenal's defending when he wasn't there. So I think that helped him. And yeah, Arsenal have come back to the table and have made him an offer, which recognises him as one of the best young defenders in world football. And so he's happy to stay.
1: Potentially a very good week for Arsenal coming up. Now, our final story, we're going to shift across North London. We're going to head to Spurs, Sean. Uh, We're going to talk James Madison, who obviously went down with Leicester last season. Big surprise to see Leicester relegated and James Madison, one of a number of players we can expect to see leave King Power this summer. And also David Ryer, a very talented goalkeeper at Brentford, a club that you've watched a lot. I know Raya's a goalkeeper you rate very highly. Spurs in the mix for him as well. Just bring us up to speed with where Tottenham are in the pursuit of both Madison and Raya.
3: Yeah, so Tottenham ran their transfer plans past Andrew Postacoglu last week once his appointment was confirmed. He was happy for them to continue what they want to build um, ideally, a new goalkeeper, a new centre back, and a creative midfielder with James Madison, ideally their creative midfielder target. Um, Graham, you seem to think that Spurs might have the edge over Newcastle in on this one. I was actually quite surprised when you said that to me.
2: Yeah, the what we're getting out of Newcastle, Sean, they're, they're not willing to go over over 40, let alone over 50, which is what it's going to take to get Madison. It's going to be close to a £60 million deal. We think at, le- at least 50 with add-ons taking it to 60. So, as it stands, Newcastle um, are not willing to go to that price. And... If, if you do believe Newcastle are not going to go there, I, I make Spurs quite strong favourite to get him at this moment in time. Yeah, it feels like
3: a lot of the other clubs that were interested or have asked about Madison have backed away somewhat. And I think this is the kind of signing the Spurs have long needed. You know, Ericsson left in January 2020. There have been a real shortage of creative midfielders at the club in that time. I think basically the one has been Tongi and Dombele, who... For various reasons, has not worked out. Though it does sound like he might be given a second chance, or third, or fourth, or fifth chance by Postacoglu. Um, Spurs just need that kind of ball player in the middle of the park because there are so many midfielders who are not as comfortable with the ball at their feet, and that will really harm Postacoglu style if we don't get in a player like that. Um, in terms of Raya, you know, I could, you know, me Toby, I could sit here all day and talk about how much I love David Raya. You do. Um, Regularly, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> um, one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, as Brentford technical director Lee Dykes pointed out on the Beautiful Game podcast, that by almost default makes him one of the best goalkeepers in the world. For that reason alone, Brentford value him at forty million, even though he has one year left on his contract, and they've already signed a replacement in Mark flecken Spurs not as willing to pay that amount, um, though they are. They have almost agreed personal terms with Raya. I'm hopeful that there is some kind of agreement in sight, but I really don't know. I could see this going either way, but I think that Raya is the perfect target for what Spurs want to do. He has now got a couple of years of Premier experience under his belt. He's a full Spain international. I think he's one of the two best goalkeepers in the league with the ball at his feet. I think that even though he is six foot, which is among the league's smallest goalkeepers, he plays like someone who's six foot six. He comes and gets every cross. He has such a command of his area and... He is almost, at this point, the universe of Hugo Lloris, who has already admitted that he wants to leave this summer. And this, I'm not shocked this is the number one target. I'm very happy that this is the number one target for goalkeeper.
1: Sounds like the kind of goalkeeper, Graham, that Scott would like at Manchester United. Somebody who can kick, confidently claim crosses, stop shots, do everything.
2: Um, Jonathan, yeah, I don't think he's as good a shot stop as David De Gea, but um, I don't mind him, I think he's decent. Um, he is someone United have looked at, they considered him to go in there with David De Gea to compete with him. I think Brentford are well within their rights to ask if they on that basis if, if they do think that. And, and I think this could go on a little while, Sean. I say, I think, um, Brentford are in no hurry, they've already, they've already stated if it means him going for free next season. I, I don't think Brentford are. I don't think Brentford are posturing here. I think they'll let Flecken into hit and um Rhea fight it out and if it remains Rhea having one last season in goal, then so be yeah, it. I think in I think Tottenham are gonna have to pay the money. And I think if I was Daniel Levy, I'd just pay it now. Don't wait till the last week in August, which we could easily see happening Come short on it. It's gonna be last was talking about this in the last week in August, and they end up paying it. And you'll sat there saying, Why didn't you just do that in June when we first talked about it? Um but yeah, I think Brentford, it's going to be have to be very close to what Brentford wants. I think at the very least 35, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get 40 for him. But I think Brentford will
1: win out here. And just finally on Madison, Graham, Newcastle's reluctance to go above 40 million. Do we believe that's because they've got other transfer targets in mind? We know they've got a number of areas they want to strengthen, potentially five or six signings. Is this the reason behind Newcastle's reluctance to go above that amount?
2: It's a hard one to tell because... Newcastle are briefing as if they've got one of the smallest budgets in the Premier League. Um, Do you believe them? uh, They even stated the other day, there might only be two signings of a £75 million budget. I don't believe them. I don't believe that. I think Newcastle will be one of the biggest spenders in the league. Eddie Howe, you can see why he wants to do this in a slowly, slowly fashion. He, but expectation levels are there now. He, he needs to finish a minimum in the Champions League places. Piffer are investing in Newcastle, not for the love of the town. They're there to win the Premier League. So they're, they're there for a reason. And, and Newcastle fans, I think are beginning to accept that now. Everyone looking in. Nobody's buying Nobody's buying this from Newcastle. You've just signed one of the biggest shirt sponsorship deals in the league. You've got 50,000 seat ticket holders. You're in the Champions League. Richest, nobody's buying this, Toby. Um, I do want... James Madison has been one of their top targets since last summer. They bid £50 for him last summer, if you remember. So it's a tough one. I'd be amazed if they let him, for the sake of £10 if they let him go to a rival. I'd be amazed and I'd be disappointed for them because I think he fits them perfectly as well. I I think the next week or so we'll see how serious Newcastle are. If if they really don't go
1: that far for Madison, it'd be a strange one. We shall see how things play out. Graham, Sean, thank you both very much for your time today. Uh, just a reminder to please subscribe to Talking Transfers on all of your major po- podcast platforms and to follow us on Twitter at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey and at Sean DZ Walsh. You can also follow 90min football socials at 90min underscore football. And if you want to read all of the stories that we've spoken about on today's show, you can visit the website 90min.com forward slash Talking Transfers. But until next
0: time, this has been Talking
1: Transfers. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you soon.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.